1: What is going on guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast. Bill Reset hitting you guys back up. It is Tuesday, June 12th, and it is the start of Mandatory Minicamp. That's right. This is the This is the week that we draw ever we feel like we draw ever so closer to the season because it's the end of spring practices. It's the last week. Last time these players and coaches will be together until they convene for training camp in late July. So we're really getting down to it. So we're going to jump in uh just a couple couple notes here and then we'll jump back into our divisional preview. Uh one of the main things one of the important things that came out of today's camp is that everybody was there. There was no no holdouts, no players missing, you know, the there, of course, were some players banged up. For example, uh, Julius Peppers was seen uh, on the field, but he didn't have his hel- he didn't have his helmet, he didn't have gear. He was working with trainers, but he was there. Uh, the important so the main thing is nobody was a no show because, of course, you're seeing all the, all this news now about all these top players holding out of minicamp. Look at Earl Thomas with the Seahawks, Julio Jones with the Falcons. Now, actually. Just a little bit before we started recording here, uh, it was reported that David Johnson, the star running back of the Arizona Cardinals, will hold out of mandatory minicamp. But no such thing for the Carolina Panthers. Everybody was there, so that was that was good to see. Um, and just scrolling through a couple observations here from minicamp. Uh, so like this tweet here from Jordan Rodrigue, Ross Cockrell, Dante Jackson getting some work at outside corner with with the Shaq Thompson, Thomas Davis, and David Mayo linebacker package. Uh, they also there was also some some notes as it were, or a little bit of praise for Lorenzo Doss having himself are continuing to have himself a good practice. Uh, Wes Horton getting some first team reps, so that's good to see. You know, he Horton kind of he was sprinkled in there a little bit, especially toward the end of the season. Definitely improved as the season wore on. So, you know, this could be the year that Horton finally breaks out. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, Interesting note here, too. They talked to Ron Rivera, or asked Ron Rivera about Anna Cockrell, the the sister of Panthers Corner, Ross Cockrell. Of course, she's also a Charlotte native. Of course, the the track video that's gone viral of her basically pulling off what's usually... uh, a pretty improbable feat and that's making up a huge distance at the very end of a track event in this case it was the four by 400 at the national championships helping usc beat purdue and he said she's got speed so if she can catch the ball we'll sign her up (laughs) nice little uh i mean it's good to see though good to enjoy that and obviously the 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 event itself, or the finish itself, is just unbelievable. You know, just how big of a gap it was between Cockrell and the girl from Purdue. And you got to feel bad for the girl from Purdue, but, you know, just a great work from Cockrell, closing the gap that quick and, you know, essentially sealing the deal there. So good there. Um, Obviously not really a whole lot to go off of, you know, for day one, but... I'm sure we'll, you know, hope to get more here in the coming days. And again, after that, it's really, you know, we're just kind of picking and choo- choosing here because not going to have any live football or actual football stuff to talk about in terms of practice or anything for about six weeks. So enjoy this week while we can, I guess. Uh, we'll also make a quick note too about Cam Newton who was revealed last night on the NFL Network as the 25th best player. Of course, if you guys, as I'm sure a lot of you guys are know of, they're in the middle, of course, or actually getting towards the end of the top 100 players of 2018. Of course, that list that the NFL Network does every year where the players vote on the top 100 players. And Cam Newton came in at number 25. In fact, actually ahead of of Matt Ryan, who was number 29. So, definitely a neat little note there. And I'm sure, uh, so I'm sure a lot of, especially Panthers players now, that's uh, that's going to give them a little bit of bragging rights now. That Cam Newton was actually rated higher than... Uh, than matt ryan so really 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 fun there um just double checking the list right now i believe just to see who uh who else made the cut because to be quite honest i really haven't been uh following i really haven't been following the top 100 because i mean this is one of those lists where, and, and not to take anything away from from these players, you know, obviously it just means that these players are very highly touted by their by their peers, but obviously it's not one of those players where, or it's not one of those lists where. Um, You know, you you can't really take it for as gospel, obviously. You know, obviously some players are going to be much higher than, say, what the media will think, just because they may have had a great year, at uh, or they're coming off a good year, and that's what's going to make them so high on this list. But nonetheless, uh, top t- Cam Newton, number twenty-five on this list. In fact. We'll run through all the quarterbacks that are on this list because I've actually got it up now. So Kirk Cousins came in at number 94, Jimmy Garoppolo at number 90, Derek Carr at 60, Philip Rivers 56, Case Keenum at 51, Deshaun Watson 50, Jared Goff 38, Matthew Stafford 31, and of course, like I said, uh, Matt Ryan was revealed. At number 29. I don't know because. To be honest I haven't really. I didn't really see the full list. So I don't know if there were any other quarterbacks. Uh, any other quarterbacks. Ahead of Cam Newton at least from. 21 to 24. Because. You know as, as you know they only do it. 10 at a time. But uh, not, nonetheless, I, again, like I said, not not to, not to take away anything from Cam Newton or you know the players voting on this list. It's obviously very it's it's got to be highly encouraging that Cam Newton is so, so highly thought of by his peers, you know, being at number 25. And, okay, yeah, so just double-checking, so that's right, Thomas Davis also made the list at number 73, and we have yet to see Luke Keekly, so obviously we figure Luke Keekly is going to end up somewhere in the top 20. In fact, it was a jump up of 19 spots for Cam Newton. Last year, he came in at number 44. This year, he came in at number 25. So now Cam Newton has made the list every year since 2012, the first year he was eligible for this list. And the only other quarterbacks to make the list every year in that time frame since 2012... Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger, and of course all five have either shown up or, well, actually we haven't gone through, because I don't, because I just ran through all the players. I don't think unless Roethlisberger was in 30 through 29, but nonetheless you figure all five of them are going to be on the list again. So, props to Cam Newton and congrats there on being named number 25 on the NFL players' top 100.
0: TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund Guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
1: So now let's jump back into our divisional previews. And we're going to flip over now to the AFC. And we're going to start in the AFC East. And let's be honest. There's really... There really likely isn't going to be much suspense in this division. I mean, it's it's quite possible that the Patriots claim this division a little after Thanksgiving. Uh, I I don't expect I don't expect to be a I don't expect this to be a very tight race, but nonetheless, we'll start with the Patriots. You know, obviously, obviously stinging a bit from the Super Bowl last season, missing out on a chance to get Tom Brady his sixth ring. But let's be honest, they're still the Patriots. They're still you still have Bill Belichick and you still have Tom Brady. As long as you have those two guys, they're obviously gonna compete. Of course, you know, the one one key piece now missing is Matt Patricia, the former defensive coordinator who is now head coach of the Detroit Lions. But they do still have Josh McDaniels after, of course, all that hoopla with him. And when we thought he was going to become the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, then the Colts, of course, went on to actually announce the press conference to introduce McDaniels. And then last minute, McDaniels turns around and says he's going back to New England as the offensive coordinator. So it was, it was a real crazy sequence of events, and it led to some speculation that the NFL might change the rule where a team had to wait until a team's playoff run was over before they can hire one of their coaches. I don't recall if that, that ever passed, though, or if they ever gave that much discussion. I mean, to be honest, I I'd, I'd be for that rule, you know, a lot of people argue, isn't gonna, isn't it going to distract that coach or that team knowing that the coach is moving on somewhere else? Well, not really. I mean, you look at college and it works just fine. You know, look at Scott Frost. He'd already taken the job in Nebraska before UCF's bowl game against Auburn, and UCF still went on to win the game. So you can't. To me, you can't really use that as an excuse that it's going to distract the team. They're still going to be focused on the task at hand, and then when the time comes, they'll start worrying about their new task. Uh, but nonetheless, Patriots are ready to go. You know, Obviously, we're a little busy in free agency, both in or this offseason, both in acquiring players and, of course, moving players. As we talked about with the Rams, Brandon Cooks now is in Los Angeles, so he's no longer in New England. Um, a couple of their free agent signings, uh, other than re-signing their own guys, like guys like Rex Burkhead, uh, Matt Slater, Nate Ebner, things like that. Uh, they did sign Adrian Claiborne, the former Falcons defensive end, to a two-year, $10 million contract. Uh, also brought in Jeremy Hill, former running back of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, former Bills and Eagles receiver Jordan Matthews. So a couple, so plucking a couple guys. You know, I think Jeremy Hill is going to be going to be interesting here. He he had a real good rookie season with Cincinnati, and then kind of fell out of favor a little bit. Uh, but now that he's in this running back stable with the Patriots. Um, and not really going to have to worry about having all the pressure and getting all, being worn down by all the touches. I, th- I think Hill can do pretty well in New England. Of course, a couple players gone include left tackle Nate Solder, who signed the big money deal with the New York Giants. Uh, they, of course, also lost Dion Lewis to... Er yeah, they lost Dion Lewis and Malcolm Butler to the Tennessee Titans. And Jonathan Badamosi, special teamer, signed with the Texans, and Cameron Fleming signed with the Cowboys. But the big story right now in New England, of course, is the pending suspension of Julian Edelman. He is facing a four-game suspension. For performance enhancing drugs, he is appealing the suspension, but my guess is the four game suspension is gonna stick. Which is gonna be tough. Remember, Edelman did not play at all last season because of the torn ACL. And look, you know, even that we talked about we talked about this last year too with the Patriots, where Edelman got hurt and it was simply just a matter of next man up. For the Patriots, and they still kept chugging along. You know, Chris Hold, Chris Hogan played well. Um, Philip Dorsett had his moments. You know, Danny Amendola was another free agent loss. You know, Amendola had to step up, and now he's in Miami. But this hurts. This this still stings. And. It's a tough start for the Patriots. Let's not kid ourselves. The first two games for the Patriots are against the Texans team that'll be getting back to Sean Watson. And we saw how prolific that offense can be now with Watson at the helm and New Hopkins, Will Fuller, and all those guys. And then they're on the road against the Jaguars in Week 2. And we know how how close the Jaguars came to beating New England in Foxborough to get to the Super Bowl, and last year against the Texans, Texans scored 33 points. It took a, a late drive for the Patriots to beat the Texans. So these games will not be easy by any stretch. And then they visit Detroit, you know, and you know Matt Patricia going against his former team. I'm sure he'd love to to beat on beat his former boss. And then Miami Week Four, the first divisional game so it's not the easiest of starts for the Patriots at least on paper and not having Julian Edelman for those first four games is going to sting so it's going to be up to guys like Hogan Jordan Matthews maybe Malcolm Mitchell uh, dare I say Cord- Cordell Patterson a lot of these guys need to step up they did also draft Braxton Berrios the small receiver out of Miami in the sixth round uh, speaking of draft, I really liked the pick of Isaiah Wynn. I was a huge fan of Isaiah Wynn, and the Patriots definitely needed some line help, especially at tackle. I think Wynn can play tackle. He played it very well at Georgia, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots give him a shot right now. The The listed starters right now at tackle are Adrian Waddle and Marcus Cannon. Now Cannon's fine at right tackle, but you definitely want to... S- Try to find something at left tackle to replace Nate Solder. You're pretty good in, inside. David Andrews is a good center. Joe Thune and Shaq Mason pretty good at guards. Guy that to try to shore up that left tackle though. Uh, defense mentioned Claiborne, part of the mix now at DN. They also acquired Danny Shelton from the Cleveland Browns, the former first-round pick. Uh, never really fit in Cleveland, but in New England, could work out a little better for him. Kind of use him on early downs. Uh, Malcolm Brown, the former first-round pick. Vince Valentine, the former third-round pick. And then of course also it ends Trey Flowers, who's been growing. Uh, Derek Rivers, the third-round pick. Uh, I was excited for Rivers at the Senior Bowl last year. You know, so hopefully he can hopefully he can get a shot here. Uh, he's still, you still got some solid linebackers. Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower. Because it's interesting, you know, you even you know our lads. And as I said, I'm using our lads, looking at the rosters and depth charts. They only list two linebackers because really, nickel is their base defense. They they run a lot, especially with three safeties. They run a lot of three safety packages on defense. Between Patrick Chung, Devin McCourty, and Daron Harmon. By the way, of course, they also acquired they also now have both of the McCordy twins, because now they have Jason McCourty, who they acquired from the Cleveland Browns, and of course you got Stephon Gilmore on the other side, and then a couple of rookies of note, Duke Dawson they took in the second round. Sonny Michelle, of course, was their second pick in the first round, their original first round pick. Wynn, of course, was the pick that they acquired from the Rams. Uh, Christian Sam was a bit of an underrated linebacker out of Arizona State, got him in the sixth. But it was really interesting to see them draft Danny Etling. There was a lot of talk of whether the Patriots would draft a quarterback, and they did, but when they took Etling, everybody was shocked. I just remember my Twitter timeline exploding, saying Danny Etling got drafted. Well, here we are. But nonetheless, these are the Patriots. They're the Kings, obviously, of this division, and probably the Kings of the AFC until somebody knocks them off their perch. Miami Dolphins are one of the teams, though, that are certainly going to give it a shot, but it's. The story there, of course, is the return of Ryan Tannehill coming off his own. ACL tear. Uh, Jay Cutler, of course, no longer there. His contract expired. They didn't. They didn't bring him back. Not that Cutler was the greatest in Miami last season, anyway. Um, Jarvis Landry, of course, is the key loss here, though. They. He is gone now. Well, they, of course they gave him the franchise tag. But they still wanted to try to find some kind of deal for for Jarvis Landry. I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, not that he's a bad receiver, but I mean, that would have made him the, I believe, the third highest-paid receiver in the league just with the franchise tag, behind Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. And I guess it's reasons like that that guys like Julio Jones are holding up for a new contract. But nonetheless, uh, he's he ended up signing a big contract with the Browns as well. Uh, but the, they did bring in some free agents, of course, um, including the big one was Albert Wilson, at least in terms of contract value. Albert Wilson, the former Chiefs wide receiver, three years, $24 million, They also brought in Josh Sitton, the former Chicago Bears guard, and the aforementioned Danny Amendola. Also, Frank Gore, the ageless wonder. Frank Gore, at 35 years old, signed a one-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. But he's still... I mean, obviously he's slowing down a bit. He's 35, but... Still producing, and that's kind of the important thing. Oh yeah, they did, of course, also sign Brock Osweiler. Can't forget that, you know, that all, that all important backup quarterback, Brock Osweiler. Uh, a couple of notes on their draft picks. First round pick, of course, was Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, really building up that, building up the secondary. You know, could could use definitely could use some help as anyway. They could use a little bit of help at corner, so Fitzpatrick was there. So they grabbed him. Then they took a pair of tight ends in this draft. They took Mike Gesicki, the former Penn Stater, in the second round, and then who was actually the first tight end off the board? Or er, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that. There was a tight end way before that, which we'll get to when we talk about the Ravens. And uh, yeah, let's just say I wasn't a fan of that. The first good tight end off the board, let's say. <laughs> Mike Kisicki. not, not that, uh, not that Hunter was bad at South Carolina, but I just wouldn't have spent a top 25 pick on him, but nonetheless, Kisicki in round two, and then Durham Smythe, Durham Smith, I don't know if it's, because it's actually spelled the same way as the Conn Smythe award in the NHL, and I always thought that was Smythe, but I'm guessing it's Smith, uh, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Uh, Also brought in Arizona State running back Kalen Balazs in the fourth round. So I thought they got some good players, but overall, you know, tough to really, tough to really figure this team out. I don't know how the offense is going to be. I think it's really more of a matter too of how much and I don't want to speculate. Obviously, I don't. I don't know the inside story or anything. But the way Adam Gaze has been coaching lately, or at least the way the play on the field has been, do players fully buy in to what he's selling? You know, is I, I think it's fair to wonder if Adam Gaze is on the hot seat entering this season. And I'm I'm sure there's some people that agree with that. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins have another poor season that Gaze could be shown the door. So, I mean, obviously the talent's there, but, you know, the offensive line is still a bit of a question mark.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Defense isn't bad, though. They traded for Robert Quinn to go alongside Cameron Wake. Still have William Hayes in the mix, Andre Branch. Uh, former first round pick Charles Harris, uh, definitely want to definitely want to try to see more from him. You know Jordan Phillips has really come into his own at defensive tackle, and then they've got Raquan McMillan coming back at middle linebacker. He suffered that injury last year, so you've got him, Stephon Anthony, and Kiko Alonso at linebacker. So I mean, obviously it's it's not a roster that's going to wow you. Um, so it's tough. it's, It's hard to really, it's hard to really get excited about the Dolphins this season. And really, it's hard to get excited about any of the teams, especially when we turn our attention now to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, look, congrats Buffalo on making it to the playoffs last season. But let's be honest. You backed your way into it. <laughs> Let, I mean, I obviously this is the whole, we'll take it any way we can get it. And that's fine. You, you do take it any way you can get it. You win games however you get there. You make the playoffs however you get there. But let's remember that it was because of a botched play on defense on fourth down against the Bengals that led to a touchdown for Cincinnati that took Baltimore out of the playoffs and put Baltimore in. And if it wasn't for, because let's go back a little bit. Let's, If you recall the, the game against the Chargers. Of course, leading into the game against the Chargers, this was when the Bills announced that Tyrod Taylor was pulled, a starting quarterback, and um, Nate Peterman was put in at starter. And then he goes out against the Chargers and just has an abysmal first half, throwing five interceptions by halftime. The Bills, of course, made the switch back to Tyrod Taylor, but by that point it was too late. That game almost cost the Bills a playoff spot. The Chargers nearly had a shot to get to 9-7 and seven themselves and use that win over the Bills. Now, I, for, I forget, you know, since you would have a three-way tie with the Ravens as well. But it was nearly possible that that loss to the Chargers nearly cost the Bills a spot in the playoffs. Now of course Tyrod Taylor got traded to Cleveland. They signed AJ McCarron. And of course they traded or they traded up in the draft to select Josh Allen. That's not very encouraging at least this season. You know, yes, you still have Sean McCoy at running back. They signed Chris Ivory. But what you just look at this roster, and how do you get excited for it? You know, how uh, – there, there's almost no way – I mean, looking at the offensive line. I mean, Deion Dawkins had a good season, no doubt. And, J- and John Miller's not bad, but Russell Bodine was terrible in Cincinnati, and he he signed in Buffalo. Vladimir Ducasse, don't know much about him. Jordan Mills, eh. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard to think that this offense is going to do enough. Defense, of course, is okay. You know, they, of course, did sign starlet to Lele, the former Panther. So you've got him. You've got Kyle Williams, Adolphus Washington, third-round pick Harrison Phillips there in the interior, and then Shaq Lawson, Jerry Hughes on the outside, um, Tremaine Edmonds, of course, was another player they traded up for in the first round of the draft, and obviously Edmonds has a lot of upside, especially being so young. I mean, the kid's only 20 years old, and he he didn't turn 20 until after the draft. He was still just 19 years old, actually, when he was actually drafted by the Bills. Uh, and then in the secondary, he, got, he brought in Vontae Davis after he was cut by the Colts, Davis White, of course, had a tremendous rookie season. And then Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde have really improved themselves, really made themselves into good players in uh, in Buffalo. But I just really think that this offense, no matter who the quarterback is, and it, it'll probably be McCarron to start. I mean, Josh Allen isn't ready to be a start. He's not ready to be thrust in week one. So I expect it to be McCarron, but either way, it's hard to get excited about this bill's team so like i said i hope you enjoyed i hope you enjoyed that trip to the playoffs in what of course was an ugly game against the jaguars hope you enjoyed it because you're not getting back there this season and last but not least well maybe in some eyes least maybe not uh depends who you talk to The New York Jets, of course, are also starting life with a new rookie quarterback. That, of course, was Sam Darnold, third overall pick in the draft. They also signed Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year deal. And they did, of course, also re-sign Josh McCown, who really is the whole reason that the Jets won five games last year. If it wasn't for McCown and his play... The Jets very well could have had, you know, well maybe the number two pick because obviously, as it turned out, the Jet or the the Browns didn't win a single game. But Josh McCown helped them win more games than what a lot, a lot of people, a lot more than what people expected them going in. Of course, they still were able to make the move, trading a few second round picks of the Colts to get to number three, and it wound up being. Sam Darnold, after the Browns took Mayfield, and the Giants took Saquon Barkley. By the way, right now this team has about 16,000 wide receivers. Um, the top guys, uh, I mean, if you're just looking at the top right now, you're talking about guys like Quincy Inunua, uh, Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse. Our Darius Stewart, uh, free agent signing Terrell Pryor. Uh, you still also have Devin Smith, the former second round pick in the mix. Also brought in Andre Roberts. So, but I mean, there, there's about a, a million receivers right now. Offensive line, right now you're looking at Kelvin Beecham, James Carpenter, Spencer Long, Brian Winters, and Brandon Shell up front. And guys like Ben Yigelana and Travis Swanson among the depth there. They also claimed Antonio Garcia, the former third-round pick of the Patriots, off waivers. Defensively, of course, Sheldon Richardson, of course, has been gone. Muhammad Wilkerson is now gone. But Leonard Williams, really has kind of taken has taken the ball in his court in terms of being the leader on this defense, especially on this defensive line. I've also got guys like Steve McClendon, Harry Anderson, Anderson and Lorenzo Maldon up or Steve McClendon, Henry Anderson up front. Um, They also drafted my boy, Nathan Shepard in the third round. And I cannot wait to watch him in action because this guy and I've, i've gushed about him before if you guys know me by now you've heard my love fest at times for nathan Shepard. he is tremendously good and if he's working with leonard williams i will be very excited to watch that defensive line uh linebackers lorenzo malden darren lee avery williamson jordan jenkins avery williamson was a nice pickup um Certainly gonna be one of the key losses for the Titans, but a nice pickup inside there for the Jets to help lead this defense. They've got Maurice Claiborne, Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson, of course, was the big the big money deal in free agency. Well the second big money, I believe. I believe Tremaine Johnson's contract, which was a five year deal, seventy two and a half million in total with 45 million guarantee. That was the second highest free agency contract this offseason. The biggest, of course, was Kirk Cousins, 84 million dollars with the Vikings. So Johnson, the former Ram, now leading the way on that secondary. And the, you know, Buster Screen also in the mix as well as a guy I've I've heard some buzz about People said some good things about Perry Nickerson, the sixth-round pick. And then, of course, you have the two safeties you drafted in last year's draft, Jamal Adams and Marcus May. I think the Jets are in a little bit of a... or definitely seem like in a better position than the Bills. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Bills finish last in this division. Uh, the Jets... Again, with the play of Josh McCown, and, and at least you've got some talent on this roster. You know, again, they they have a whole bunch of wide receivers, but you know, Jermaine Curse isn't bad. Robbie Anderson was cleared of any kind of wrongdoing. I, th- I think he's kind of good to go now. Inunwa, not bad. It'll be interesting to see if our dairy Stewart steps up too in his second year, and then Terrell Pryor hoping to bounce back after what was a little bit of a disappointing season in Washington. But you've got some guys outside. Blau Powell still in the mix. He's not terrible. Um, you brought in Thomas Rawls as a as a free agent. You know, you, and and really they were. They brought in quite a bit of players, especially from other teams in free agency. I mean, you run through the list. Tremaine Johnson, uh, again, Spencer Long, the former center of the the Redskins. Isaiah Crowell is now in the mix. Um, So that's a a decent little, because actually he's, okay, I was looking at the wrong one. So you've got Crowell, you've got Powell, Rawls, Elijah McGuire, so it's, it's not a bad stable of running backs here. Um, Kevin Pierre-Lewis of the Chiefs, J.J. Wilcox, former safety of the Steelers, brought him in to add some depth at safety. So the Jets are going to be intriguing. to Obviously the big storyline here is going to be the quarterback battle in camp. Um, it would not surprise me at all if Teddy Bridgewater beats out Josh McCown for the starting job, and who, who knows maybe maybe they open it up to all three maybe Sam darnold's the week one starter. you know darnold was the darnold was the safe pick at least among the quarterbacks and really of course the only knock on darnold. Was all the turnovers that he had at USC, but if he can, if he can take care of those or at least minimize them, he'll be fine. And I think, I think the Jets will be fine moving forward, but at least in terms of this season. Whether it's McCown or Bridgewater, again, you've you've got you've got some stuff here to work with on offense. Uh, is it enough to make a playoff push? Again, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think we could pretty much pencil in the Patriots again as division champs. And then when it comes to wildcard contenders, you know, the AFC South is going to be loaded with them. Uh, The AFC West is going to have some good teams. You know, maybe even the AFC North. Maybe the Ravens are back in the mix. So it's going to be... So there's a lot of competition in the AFC for those wildcard spots. And I don't think that the Jets are going to have... The roster and the muster to hang in there with all these other teams and uh and make a playoff run i think the page i would venture to say the patriots again are probably going to be the only playoff team out of this division so that's a look at the afc east as we well now we're kind of halfway done Next time here on Locked on Panthers Division Previews, we will talk about the big, the bad, the brutal AFC North. Are the Steelers primed to repeat? Will the Ravens recover after last season's debacle? Will the Browns win a game this year? And can they actually compete for the playoffs? We'll find out next time. Until then, this is Bill Rossetti. Thanks for listening so much to the Locked On Panthers podcast. You can check us out on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasting pleasure. And remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Resetti. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time right here on LOP.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.